Hi everyone, welcome to the podcast at UT Belfast. We hope you enjoy as you join with us on Sunday mornings and listen in as we seek to inspire our church and the people of our city to encounter Jesus and just love it with the biggest heart of compassion possible. Well, good morning again and thank you for joining us online at UT Belfast. We have been on this uh, collection of talks called Joy in the Crazy Places, and today, well, we want to bring them to conclusion, but perhaps in a, in a different way. It's a conclusion to not just this series of talks, but it could be a conclusion to any series of talks. We, we just want to just put out something there in principle. Next week is Mother's Day, and well, at UT, we celebrate the women in our worlds, and so before I get into today's talk, I want to encourage you, you know, one thing we do around here at UT, we try to celebrate everyone, we try to, you know, bless you and give you gifts and feed you and all of those things. This year's going to be slightly different. Um, I'm sure you're aware there's a pandemic going on and, well, that affects just about everything. Now, we're going to put some of the responsibility onto you guys today as you listen in. Now, um, instead of coming here to a building and, well, us giving you something. And I know there will be people in your world you'll be blessing next week. What I'd love you to do is just lift up your head a little bit, look around and spot somebody that normally doesn't come into your thinking on Mother's Day, someone who, well, it could be your absolute privilege to go and be blessing to them, to go and be kind to them, to go and, well, show Jesus to them. So think of somebody now, uh, somebody will pop into your head and well next Sunday you go to them and take something off well just go and bless them just go and be kind um, okay in Jesus name let's, let's pray Father we need you uh, we need you to help us we need you to take our words and well we need you to bless them and help them and would you come and speak to us in, in Jesus name no, we're, we're coming out of lockdown, aren't we? And well, if you look around the streets and the roads, it's obvious everybody thinks we are now out of lockdown and things are just moving on. And, and it's good to have hope. This time last year, I watched people online. They were doing things like you no know, lockdown projects. Uh, and one of the things that people were doing were like, like greenhouses and like growing plants and growing, growing like their own vegetables and making life changes and all of those things. Well, I got given a greenhouse. And so I want to make this statement, I have a greenhouse. Now, when you think of that, you may imagine, you know, a little aluminium structure, some agricultural glass, uh, sitting lovely paved in my garden, uh, little tables with little sort of pots and plants. You can tell I'm not a gardener. Um, and, and, and you have an image. When I think of my greenhouse, it's not... More, it's more a pile of stuff than a structure. Uh, you see, there's a pile of aluminium frames. There, there's a pile of agricultural glass. There's a pile of bolts. There's a pile of clips. There are piles, and everything that is required to build a greenhouse is there. Everything that is needed, everything that is required, the potential is there, but there's nothing growing. And you see, sometimes we can have the thing in our hand and that thing can have all of the potential that's required, but it doesn't mean that anything is growing. 
And the heart behind this collection of talks, Join the Crazy Places, was not just a, well, let's get through the crazy. It was to put some tools in your hand that have all the potential that when the crazy comes, you and I can find joy. That this can be something that can grow into us, become part of us, can become our go-to, our, our default, our, our very essence of who we are. When, when the crazy places come, we rejoice. When the crazy places come, we find joy. See, we, we go to Paul the Apostle, and he, he's the guy that's writing this letter to Philippians, and well, he's in house arrest. Well, we've been reluctant to define a crazy place, but that's probably a good, good, good crazy place. He's in that place where, well, he doesn't know what tomorrow brings. It could bring freedom. That'd be good. It could bring death. And well, he wants us to, well, not focus on the crazy, but on the certain and we've talked about how that you can have joy in knowing that, well, God will finish what he started. There's joy in prayer, that there's joy in fruitfulness, there's joy in love, there's joy in serving. And, and Paul wants us to be certain in what's certain. <laughs> he, he talks about things that the grace that comes from Jesus Christ, in other words, God is graceful and that doesn't change, that you know, God will finish what he started. He is the finisher, that doesn't change that you can know Christ and the way of Christ because, well, he's relational and that never changes, that God will use everything and anything to advance the gospel of Jesus Christ and his kingdom because the kingdom of God is unstoppable and that never changes, that to live is Christ and to die is gain, that Jesus Christ is worth it all, that never changes, that his name is above every name, that that never changes, that the church of Jesus Christ should pursue unity because we're to pursue the mind of Christ and Christ the Father, the Son and Holy Spirit are one and he calls us to be one as he is one. And that pursuit of unity never changes. Paul is really reminding us that we're not to rejoice in what God does for us. Just the fact that God's God, well that's good enough. Paul is not just calling us to moments of joy. Oh, I had a moment where joy broke through. No, he's calling us into a movement of joy. That our natural overflow as followers of Jesus Christ should be rejoicing. Now, how do we take the seed of God's word? Now, God's word is described as seed. How do we take these truths? How do we make sure that they go deep? that the seed dies and takes up roots, that then it comes back up, it breaks through the ground, and it breaks through the ground fruitful. Well, I'm going to take a tangent this morning from Philippians, and I'm going to think of a parable, a parable that relates to all of God's word. And that parable is known as the parable of the sower. In those days, the sower went out and he sowed the seed, and then they plowed the ground. So the seed was sown, and then the ground was plowed. And in Matthew 13, 3 to 23, I'm going to read it all. We read this parable and it may feel really familiar to you. And you might be thinking, well, I know everything there is to know about the parable of the sower. And you're tempted to just, well, log off and, and, and go and have another cup of tea. And I would say to you, hang in. Because there's so much truth. Then he told them many things. Speaking of Jesus. So it's a good start, okay. This is Jesus speaking. 
And he said, a farmer went out to sow his seed. And as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. And the birds came and they ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. And it sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. When the sun came up, the plants were scorched. They withered because they had no roots. Well, other seed, it fell among the thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop. And we like this one, don't we? No, 160 or 30 times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. And well, the disciples came to him and asked, why do you speak to us, Jesus, in parables? And he replied, and he says, because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven have been given to you, but not to them. (laughs) Whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance. But whoever does not have, even what they do have will be taken from them. And then he goes on to quote from Isaiah 6 uh, and, and, and he talks about this uh, sense that this is why I speak to them in parables. Though seeing they do not see, though hearing they do not hear or understand, in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, you will be ever hearing but never understanding. You will be ever seeing, seeing but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they may actually see with their eyes and hear with their ears. They could actually understand with their hearts and turn and I would heal them. Now hear that, that's God's desire. It does not change. He wants to heal us. But blessed are your eyes because they see. And your ears because they hear. For truly I tell you that many prophets and righteous people long to see what you and I see, but they did not see it. And to hear what you hear, but but they did not hear it. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what is sown in the heart. This is the seed sown along the path. The seed that falls on the rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives joy, gets joy. But then, well, they have no roots. They last only a short time. And when trouble or persecution comes because of the world, they quickly fall away. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and deceitfulness of wealth choke the word and make it unfruitful. But the seed falling, falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. So there's this desire that we would hear There's this desire that we would be fruitful and what we know would be multiplied, that something would be added to us. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in the heart. Jesus is saying that it's possible to hear something but not understand it. 
Now, we're not talking about you know, some theologians, some preachers, and they use lots of these big words, and, and, and they throw out all of this amazing stuff. For Sometimes we look at it, we nod, and we say, that is impressive, but you walk away understanding nothing. That is not what we're saying. What we're talking about are the things that God wants us to understand, but for some reason, we just don't get them. Now, I, I was trying to think of something I do not understand, and there's a few things, like football. You know, people talk about football, and I genuinely, they get so excited. Oh, no way, do you see that? Amazing, whatever. Honestly, I hear, but I don't understand. Sometimes I like listen in on people who are dating, no teenagers, uh, and I'll say something like, no, you guys like together? No, no, we're, we're, we're just talking. Oh, oh, talking, just like having a conversation. No, no, we're, we're talking, like exclusive talking. Uh, and then, no, six months later, well, how's that talking going? Well, it's, it's moved on from talking to like targeted talking or, and, and you know, honestly, when I hear about teenagers talking about dating, I hear, but I do not understand, do not have a clue what's going on. Now, in this moment, Jesus is saying there's a reason why they don't understand. And in verse 15, he says, for this people's heart well, has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears and they've closed their eyes. Otherwise, they may actually see and they may actually hear. Now, this is talking about, in Isaiah 6, it's about you being open to receive the savior of the world, Jesus Christ, who would eventually come and take away the sins of the world. The word of God who would be made flesh, who would come in person. And how that they would have Jesus literally standing in front of them, but yet they would deny him. But these truths can be applied to anything of the word of God. This sense of a calloused heart. Now, I know that calluses come from different things. And there are calluses that are formed by friction. Um, well, how I see it is this. We're coming into flip-flop season. And there's something that's so attractive about a pair of flip-flops. Have you ever seen those heels that stick out the end of flip-flops? You know the heels that are, well, the flip-flops are too short and the heels hang over and they just sort of run on the ground. And then if you were to take the flip-flops off and walk on a like, wooden floor, it would make that nice scratchy sound. You know, you've got it, those lovely, attractive, horrible heels. Well, that's one form of callus. That's formed through friction. Now, today, I, I'm not talking about the stuff that is formed through friction. No, sometimes in life, just life is so tough and hard. It just makes it so difficult to hear God. Now, that's a different conversation. The picture here is of a calloused heart. It's where we take in a diet of stuff and we take it in intentionally in such a way that it narrows our spiritual arteries and it stops the flow of what God's word is trying to do and where it's trying to get to. It's intentional. It's things like we feed ourselves with things like, well, criticism. <laughs> That's a good place now where we compare ourselves to other people we put them down spiritually so we can feel sort of good about ourselves spiritually the sort of things that we can feed ourselves on are well like pride now I can remember as a young evangelist thinking I am the only voice of the gospel on the planet 
Well, sometimes we can think we are the only people actually trying to live for God. And well, these guys were a bit like that who weren't able to hear. It can come through a place where we are, well, more concerned about blending in than standing out. That we're more concerned about being a copy of the crowd than being an original in the hands of Father God. And there's so many things that we can put into our diet that actually narrow our arteries, our spiritual arteries, that can bring us to a place where we are prepared to choose comfort. We are prepared to choose compromise and sin above calling and character. It's where the sword doesn't cut anymore. Now, what we need in that moment is heart surgery, and we need to come to a place of humility and invite God to open up our hearts. There's a psalm in Psalm 139, 23 to 24. And the context of the psalm is that God is everywhere and God is all-powerful, so why hide? <laughs> now, what can you hide from God? What can you possibly put somewhere that God can't see? So you might as well just give it to him. And I would encourage you today, if you find yourself, well, living on a diet that narrows your heart, that perhaps here's a prayer you could pray in the awareness that, well, why bother? Just give it to God. Search me, O God. Know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way within me and then, God, would you lead me in the way understanding? The second reason why the word of God isn't really taking root and bringing understanding is that they have blocked ears. Now, my grandmother had blocked ears, and it was the strangest phenomenon that you could drop 10 pounds on the floor, and that wisp on the carpet, she would hear it. But she would hear nothing else. And you see, there's something about these blocked ears, and I, and I want you to get kind of disgusting with it. It's, it's like wax buildup on your ears, you know, nice and clogged. You get your little earbuds, not that they're any good these days because they've like made them out of paper instead of plastic. That's a fault. And, and you sort of try to screw them in to fix it, but really what you're doing is doing more damage and pushing it in deeper. There's a sense of like our ears are just blocked Jesus, in Matthew 7, we read this story of how that Jesus heals a deaf man. The crowd are shouting at Jesus, Jesus, would you like, put your hand on him? Jesus, would you heal him? Jesus, would you, no, would you just do something there that just like, makes a difference and unclog his ears? And, and well, Jesus does this thing that's really unique, and it is genuinely unique, and, and I'm not saying that you should do it. He takes his two fingers, and he sticks one finger in one ear, he sticks the other finger in the other ear, he like spits in his hand and then touches the guy's tongue, and this guy gets better because of this, and honestly, I would have checked out at the one ear, but when he started to take a spit and put it in my tongue, I, I, I'd have been out of there. But I want you to see the moment. You see, this guy was mute and he was also deaf. And what Jesus did was use the sense that he still had available, which was his sight. 
And I love this about Jesus. Jesus doesn't give up on you because, well, everything else is blocked. He actually will use what he can to get your attention. And he sticks his two ears, his two fingers in the ears of this man. This man is then forced to look up into the eyes of Jesus. And it's in that moment that Jesus declares, ears be open. Now, how do we get rid of, well, spiritual deafness? Knowing that, that it's already declared in scripture that God, no, his sheep hear his voice. Well, I want you to see this, that it's always the truth in any circumstance, whatever you're going through, whatever breakthrough you need, I can't hear you, God. I've, my ears are blocked. Well, fix your eyes on Jesus. And perhaps today we could pray, God, would you open my ears? The third reason they couldn't hear was, well, they had closed eyes. <laughs> and, well, I've seen loads of kids over the years. They do something they know they shouldn't have done. And, well, they have this thing where they close their eyes, thinking, if, if I close my eyes and I can't see me, then no one else can see me. <laughs> it's like a choice. To close your eyes. Hard hearts can come. <laughs> Deafness can, it can happen, but there's something about closing your eyes which is intentional. Now, if I want to walk in a straight line, I can have perfect hearing. I can have everything else. All of my senses can be just perfect in every way. But if I close my eyes and try to walk in a straight line, it turns out that what my eyes see actually tell the rest of my senses what's going on. And it's my eyes that ultimately dictate whether I walk in a straight line or not. And I'm concerned that many of us choose to live our discipleship journey with like one eye closed. There's a whole lot of God's word that we love to see. Oh yeah, God's this, God's that. He's promised he will, he do. And we love all of that stuff. But there's a whole lot of things that, well, sometimes we can close our eye to. We really don't want to hear. We really don't want to see. And we close our eyes. In Psalm 119, verse 18, we read this prayer. Open my eyes that I may behold the wonderful things from your law. It's a prayer to have a teachable spirit. It's a prayer that says, God, whatever you want to teach me, I want to see it. The other seed, and I'm going to say this very quickly, is the seed that brings joy. Now, the seed that falls in the rocky ground, someone hears it and then they receive it and they're filled with joy. But because of lack of roots, well, it goes. And Psalm 1 really helps us with this. And it says in Psalm 1, blessed is the one who, walk, who does not walk in the step with the wicked. Now, we all need roots. And if you and I are ever going to get roots 
and really allow the word of God not just to go into our ears, but to go into our heart. Not just allow the word of God to go into our heart, but actually transform our lives. Then we need roots. We've got to make a choice. We've got to make a choice of who we are following. And I know in culture today that to follow Jesus Christ is actually a challenge. It feels like everyone can be against the church at times. And it's going to take courage. I wrote these words down that Jesus was often followed by a crowd. But he never followed the crowd. Now see, if I want to be blessed, I need to choose today who I'm going to walk in step with. Someone goes on to say, or stand in the way of sinners, or take or sit in the company of mockers. If you and I want to put roots down, we've got to be determined who's going to influence us. I'm convinced of small groups. I'm convinced of connect groups or home groups or whatever you want to call them, where groups of people can come together regularly and allow themselves to be challenged, allow themselves to be taught, allow themselves to be influenced, allow themselves to have people speak into their lives who want the best for them, who ultimately want them to become the best they can be in Jesus Christ. See, the opposite to roots is sitting in the company of mockers. That's people who put people down. Just can't help themselves instead of building people up. And you know, that could be you today listening in on this. You could be that mocker. <laughs> it just loves nothing more than behind someone's back to pull them down. Well, you're not good company. And, and today we need good company if we want to put down roots. And good company builds up. Lastly, it says, but those who delight in the law of the Lord, who meditates on his law day and night. And as we come to a close, a close, I want you to get this picture in your head. See, we've got to choose company. We've got to choose who we're going to follow. But we've got to chew on the word of God. Why do I ask you to get that picture? Because it turns out that chewing is actually the natural, physical purpose in our bodies to clear our ears. As we chew, we remove the wax, we remove the whatever. We lie on our pillow and it falls out. Yum, yum. But chew. Chew on the word of God. In 2 Timothy 3, 16 to 17, it tells us the word of God. It teaches us, it challenges us, it corrects us, helps us live right before God, and it equips us. What part of the day are you putting aside to chew on the word of God, to listen to, to read, to just journal, to think through? What part of the day are you chewing through the word of God? Because it's not about a quiet time. It's about roots. Because that person, we're told, is like a tree planted by streams of water 
which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither, whatever they do, (laughs) they prosper. So I want you, we want you to have joy in the crazy places. We, we, we want you, when you walk out of pandemics, because life has this way, that somewhere down there, there's going to be a crazy place and you're going to hit it and I'm going to hit it. And I want you to have joy. But like anything we learn from the word of God, what we do with that seed will determine ultimately the person we become. We can have all of the tools. All of the tools can have all of the potential. (laughs) But if we don't create the right environment, nothing will grow. So Father, as these guys come to lead us, we pray that the seed of your word Well, it would bear fruit. It would go deep. I pray that you would unblock our calloused hearts. That you'd help us to live a healthier spiritual diet that actually increases the flow of your word to our hearts. Father, I ask that you would unblock our ears. And that we would choose to walk your word with our eyes wide open. In Jesus' name. Hi everyone, thanks for listening in on our Sunday podcasts. Check us out on our Facebook, Instagram at UT Belfast.